But we got an angel. And she's got Matt Jr. sitting in her lap. That's what we called the baby. Was We called him Matt Jr. because he looked like Matt. Um, you know, this morning the Lord spoke to me. Uh, I, one of the ways the Lord speaks to people, uh, all of you, I believe, all of you have this, is he, he, you wake up in the morning with songs. Anybody get that? Well, those songs are from the Lord. Uh, like Becky was saying, you know, we have a, the Lord gives us a song and we sing it and then uh, it gets recorded in heaven and when we need that song, He gives it back to us. Okay? And this morning, the song I got up, I woke up with an old song, Let the River Flow. Ain't that a good one? Let the River Flow. And uh, meaning this, you know, every one of us have the Spirit in us and we let, if we'll let that Spirit flow uh, the Holy Spirit river flow in us, then God will have His way and get what He wants. And then He gave me three things, three words. And you know what? This is crazy. God is loves simple things. You know, we're looking for some profound thing, and He loves simple things. This is what He said to me. Life, joy, peace. Life, joy, peace. That's what God wants to give to us. He wants to give us life. He wants to give us joy. And he wants to give us peace. Okay, and what the and here's what the truth is: is we 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 need to be healed. Okay, we're we're uh, we've been we've been wounded. Okay, that's just the way it is, and um, we need the Lord to heal us, and we need to just allow uh, the Lord to heal us. Um, this is what he he told me. He said, "I'm going to heal you." Okay, I'm going to heal you. But I'm going to leave the scar. Okay? I'm going to leave the scar. Now, from what I understand about scars, and this is coming from somebody who knows about stuff like this, a physician, scar tissue is actually stronger than the tissue in the natural. Scar tissue is actually stronger than the tissue around it. Okay? So, um, the Lord wants um, us, to, us to know that we, are, we have a wound in us. Okay, this is very wounding what has happened to us. But the Lord's telling us He wants to heal us, but He wants us to keep the scar. He doesn't want to take the scar away from us, ever. Okay? We need to carry this scar in our hearts because... Um, I'll go ahead and share this. I really don't want to share this with you, okay? I mean, because it just is not... Again, it's just some it's a, a, a prof, something profound but simple, but I can't really... I don't think I can communicate it where people really can get the depth of it. But, you know, the Bible says that Jesus um, was disfigured. So so much so that he was unrecognizable as a person. Okay? When he was being beaten and tortured for us. And um, he, you know, we tend to think about the Lord's scars in his in his palms of his hands are right here I think really is where those scars are at we tend to think about that those scars as scars down here in, his, in the scars in his side and thinking that's all the scars that Jesus has but that's really not true Jesus the Lord Jesus in his glorified body is very scarred okay he, he kept those scars uh, he kept the scars his face is disfigured right now because and they're scars of love is what they are. 
And he never he kept the scars because he wanted us to always know his love. Okay, always. And I think you know what the Lord uh, really, and I really can't say this and give it justice, but this week uh, when we got the telephone, you okay, Angel, for me saying some of this? I ain't gonna say anything really bad. This week when we got the phone call, uh, you can tell me to stop it at any moment. I will. She can have her way today. <laughs> this week when we got the phone call about Matt, uh, you know, just the first thing, of course, is the unbelief, the, like, this can't be true. And, you know, I went and laid down on my bed just to try to, like, Lord, I've got to hear from you in this situation. I can't, you know, I can't process it. But the real truth is I went and laid down and was praying that I would just, that I was going to wake up with the sunshine and it was a terrible, terrible dream. Uh, that's what I was really hoping and praying for, but I did. And the, but the Lord spoke to me. I asked Him to speak to me. He spoke to me right then and there, and He said this. He said, "My power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect." And then He said, "Don't run from the weakness. Embrace the weakness. Okay, embrace the weakness." And I don't like weakness. I don't know about you, but I hate weakness. I like strength. But I realized I had to totally, and I have never embraced weakness like I have this this week. It, I came into the most weakest place that I've ever come into in my entire life. I want to say this. This is the worst thing I have ever been through in my entire life as a Christian. And I've been through some bad stuff. And I've walked with some other people through some bad stuff. I mean, real bad. We've seen uh, babies die. We've held dead babies. We have seen uh, teenage uh, girls uh, killed. We've seen, you know, we've had tragic losses of people. We've seen a lot of things over the years. Many of you have. Many of you have suffered great losses. But I have never, ever felt something this, that that was this this powerful and this extreme. I mean, and you know, there's lots of factors. You know, there was just there was other factors that came in this. You know, having to deal with the, the police and just all the confusion and all of it around it. It was just incredible. But we uh, made our way over to Angel's neighborhood. Uh, you know, it was real early in the morning, and of course, the law enforcement was all all over the place out there, and. You know, we were there standing around for a bit and, you know, this sense of confusion and helplessness. And so I decided I'm going to go down there and pray, do something about this situation. That was what I was saying. I'm going to go down there and do something about this. And I'm not just going to sit around here and, you know, not deal with this. So I sort of headed down there and the police stopped me. And I talked to him and, you know, he wasn't going to let me go. You know, he was basically doing his job and... I found out one thing about the police. When they're doing their job, you don't get in their way. <laughs> Just because you're a pastor means nothing. Actually, he was very nice, and he, he called the chief over and said, this is their pastor, and he wants to go down and, and, and pray over their house. And so the chief said, you can go down to my car, and you can sit on my car, and you can pray from there, which his car was about from here to the wall from the edge of their yard. So I went down there and uh, and was started praying and you know you ever prayed and just felt you know this prayer ain't doing nothing. That's, in fact, I realized I didn't even have anything in me to pray at that moment. 
felt like, you know, there was just nothing. And, and uh, I felt myself. I, have you ever felt yourself slipping from God? I mean, I'm not talking about backsliding. I'm just talking about you couldn't hold on to God anymore. Anybody ever been there? That's a bad place. That's a bad feeling. Uh, as I sat there, something happened. And that's the way I was feeling. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry with the Lord. I, it was nothing. But I saw my, my, all the strength in me was, was leaving me. It was all coming out of me. I didn't have any strength. I had nothing. You know, when the Lord said, don't hide your face from the weakness, he was, I mean, he was talking about some serious weakness. And, but I felt something as I was sitting there. You know, I just I felt something. And... I wanted to tell you, uh, over the years in my, my Christian walk, all, over all my Christian life, uh, there's times when the Lord has appeared to me, uh, like He did, where it says, He appeared to them in another form. And that's what it says in Mark, uh, when Jesus appeared to the men walking on the road to Emmaus, He appeared to them in another form. There's been different times in my life where God came to me and appeared to me in a way that I wasn't, that I didn't recognize it was God. Because it was something new, an aspect of God, a manifestation of God that I had never seen before. So it always took me a little bit of time to catch up with, to understand this is God that's coming. But He's just coming different than I've ever known. And God's a lot deeper and greater than we are. He has many aspects of His and attributes and characteristics about Him that we've never, never seen uh, and he so so that's I wanted to say that so you can sort of understand. But this is I wanted to demonstrate to you what I felt, okay? And at the time I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know what it was. But if if Grace, I, uh, this is my daughter Grace. I can do this to her and not feel weird about it. Plus she's little. This is what I was sitting there and I felt this happen to me. But here was the thing. That face was really scarred up. That arms were really scarred up. That torso was scarred up. It was scarred. I don't know if you've ever felt somebody who was severely scarred, how, they're, how they feel. That's the way it felt to me. It felt, felt weird to me. It felt like what, I didn't really know what I was feeling. And I realized, at some point, I realized this is what happened. It's like I went down so far. I've never been down that far. I went down so far that I could not hold on to the Lord. Okay? I couldn't hold on to Him. But there's something that happened at that moment when I could no longer hold on to the Lord. You know what a seamless transfer is? I don't know if y'all know that sort of a technical term. In some sort. Seamless transfer is when something happens and you don't even know what happened. A change of hands or something like that happened. But as I let go of the Lord, I mean, I can't explain that. I don't really understand that. But somehow I couldn't hold on to Him no more. Okay? I couldn't hold on to God. But God was saying, it's okay. Because before, as I let go of Him, He had me. He grabbed me and held on to me. He held on to me. And 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 and. Well, I can't really tell you how this feels. But it, it wasn't just him holding. He held on to me and let me feel his disfigurement of his body. Okay? He let me feel his scars. Now, those are healed scars. They're not open wounds, but they, 
The Lord, and I know this is what this is. I know this. This his scars are his love. The Lord is proud of those scars. He he carries those those scars. He's proud to have a, a, a disfigured body because because of us. And every time we got to a point, you know, with, with Angel, where are you okay, Angel? Okay, I'm just making sure. It's more important for you to be okay than anybody else. Every time, you know what? I saw her, I saw Angel fall. I saw Angel not be able to make it. Okay? I saw her. I saw Angel let go. But you know what? Every time I saw God grab her, I saw God hold on to her. I saw the Lord hold Angel in his arms. I saw the Lord say to Angel, when Angel said, I can't do this, it's okay. You don't have to do it. I can do this. I can do this for you. I can take you and carry you. I can carry you when you can't carry yourself. And the Lord really... Okay, I'm sorry I can't give you a better revelation on this. I wish I could really explain what I really feel and what's really happening. But I'm just telling you something. I've never known the Lord like that. I don't volunteer. I don't volunteer to ever have to do that again. I don't want to feel that ever again for the rest of my life. I hope I don't have to. I hope none of us have to. But I'm telling you something. You know, we've heard stories from people. Uh, Corey Timber, I remember her saying, uh, no matter how low you go, you know, some of y'all older people remember, she said, no matter how low you go, God can still go lower. Yeah, yeah. There's no pit so deep that he's not deeper still. You see, that's really the truth. I want to tell y'all today, that's the truth. Okay? But the problem is, is when you go into that pit yourself and find him in that pit and find that he's not disappointed, that you can't hang on, Find that he's not thinking little of you that you can't hang on. Find that all he's saying, I love you. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to hold on to you. I'll hold on to you for the rest of your life. I'll hold on to you when you're at your worst moment, and I'll hold on to you when you're at your best moment. That's what he wants us to know. He wants everybody in this room to know that he's holding on. Really, we think we're holding on. The only scripture I could think of this morning about that was uh, in Galatians where it says, after you have known God, or rather, God has known you. You know, Paul was really saying, this is the real truth. We think we've come to know God, but really God's come to know us. There's a greater knowing. And uh, and I want to uh, ask Becky to come up here and uh, Sarah. Can y'all do is Sarah in here? Yeah, I need y'all to do this one more time. I believe this is important. Okay, what I'm, I believe. Uh, well, you can only do what you can do. Okay, I can't do anything I can't do. I, I can only go on what I feel like God's shown me. Okay, but this morning when I was coming over here, uh, the Lord brought a song to me, another song besides "Let the River Flow," <laughs> and it was a song. This song was real meaningful to me personally. And several, several years ago, when God really began to, to break 
the orphan spirit off of me, when he really began in earnest to liberate me, you know, I went through, y'all know, y'all have been through many liberating moments. I've been having a lot. <laughs> that was a hard case. But uh, I had this profound experience with the Lord. And, I, and this was what was a profound experience. It was right, around, right after Christmas. I was all by myself one day and uh, just sort of being with the Lord and listening to a worship CD. And this song was playing. And I want us to play this song. But part of the, part of the thing that I think is important for us more than anything else is what happened I had this vision and I went up to the throne room of heaven in this vision but I went as a little boy I didn't go as a man I went as a little boy and I walked into the throne room and there was God the Father on his throne and there was all these important angels and important things going on in that room Big decisions were being made and, and plans were being laid. And it was a, like a crucial moment in all creation. And a crucial moment in heaven. And God the Father looked at me as a little boy and welcomed me to come up on the, into His lap onto the throne. Right in the middle of all this big and more important stuff than anything we could ever go through. More important than me. But at that moment, the Father was saying, You're always welcome here. You belong here. You can always come and get in my lap. And, as a, and I saw myself in this vision, a little boy, God you know, calling out weather patterns, God calling out this country's uh, destiny, God calling out this, what's going to happen you know, in the future. And there I was, crawling all over God's throne and crawling all over Him like a little child. As he was making all these decisions, and he wanted me there, and it was important to him what I was just as important as anything that was going on, and it that was like a, a, just like a breakthrough in my life that I actually realized God the Father actually feels that way about me, and but the song is this it's uh, it's meaningful I think this is important okay for us uh, it's meaningful. Um, I'm going to just read the words. Can we put the words up there, Brian? The name of the stone is, is by Reader Sp- Springer. I want to read it to you before they play it. It said, the name of the song is, You Are Still Holy. Okay? Uh, it says, Holy, you are still holy when the darkness surrounds my life. Sovereign, you're still so- sovereign when confusion has blinded my eyes. Okay? And we felt some of that this week. Uh, we have felt darkness and we have felt confusion. I mean, I have. Okay? Uh, Lord, I don't deserve your kind affection. When my unbelief, and, and, and that's me, it was meaningful to me because I had lived in unbelief about the Father and about His kind intentions towards me for so long. When my unbelief has kept me from your touch, I want my life to be a pure reflection of your love. And so I come into your chamber. Okay, I'm not no dancer. <laughs> I'm a pretty good crawler, though. I came in the chamber and I crawled all over you, God. Some of you dancers can get in there and dance away at his feet. Lord, you are my savior, savior, and I am at your mercy. That's where we are right now, ladies and gentlemen. We're at the mercy of the Lord. Now, this was what happened to me at that moment. 
all that has been in my life up until that moment, up until now, it belongs to you. You're still holy. Okay? It belongs to you. I'm going to tell you what happened this week. It belongs to the Lord. And the Lord's still holy and the Lord's still sovereign. There's another verse, aren't they? Even though I don't understand your ways, we don't have an understanding on this. Okay? I don't. If somebody does, we, let's get together and talk about it. I don't understand this. But you know what? I am willing to bow to the Lord right now in it. I'm willing to bow. In fact, I'm bowing. Lord, I bow. I don't understand your ways. You're so- sovereign. You will be sovereign even when my circumstances don't change. So you're still holy, Lord. So the ultimate act of worship, I guess this is what it all boils down to for me. The ultimate act of worship to me is, is not just singing songs, although that's really important. You know, it's not just doing... But the ultimate act of worship is this. It's even in these moments, these moments like this, it's when, Lord, you're sovereign still. You're holy still. Everything that's happened in my life, it belongs to you. In fact, not only everything that has happened, Everything that's going to happen in my life, I'm yours, Lord. That's what I came in here telling the Lord. Lord, uh, you can have the church if you want it, Lord. You, you can have this. You know what he said to me? Byron, I don't want any of that. You know what I want right now, Byron? I want you. That's what I want. I want you. Okay? He don't want this. He don't want that. He don't want, you know, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. No, I don't. he doesn't care. Because he knows if he has you. If he knows if he has me, he hasn't. That's really worship. To me, that's the highest form of worship. When we can say to the Lord, especially at these moments when it don't, we don't, oh, this don't feel good. This is, why, how can we worship? We're, we're empty. We're dead. We have nothing. How can we give to a God who allows such things? How? How can we understand? How can we serve a God? We can serve Him because He's God. We can give Him ourselves. If we'll give Him ourselves, that's to worship the God that's a sweet savor in His, in his nose. And it really is true that people who've gone to the throne, several people who've gone this and say the same thing. That's what they say. I never thought about it. They say our worship affects God. They say our worship affects God. Our worship affects God. They say you can be in, they've been in the throne room and there was a worship that started on earth that was... And it rose up and everything changed in the throne room because some people, there was some worship release into heaven and it changed uh, God. It changed what He was doing. It changed, it changed the whole atmosphere in heaven. Many people who have gone into the heaven and seen that have, have witnessed that, have seen worship. They've even seen uh, worship that wasn't good worship, you know, filled with motives. They've seen it cleaned up before it got to God. The angels cleaned up the back, took the bad stuff out, and released the good stuff on up there. That's how wonderful God is. I just feel, you know, to me, the best thing that we can do is to worship. It's, I wanted us to do this, and, and I wanted us somehow to say to God, oh, God, I give myself to you today. I give myself as worship. I don't understand all this. I don't know, but I'm going to worship you. 
you. I'm going to bow, and you're sovereign, and you're still in control. Are y'all, are y'all with me on that? Yeah. And I, you know, I pray for people because I think people need to be touched right now. Okay. And I pray for a lot of people, and I hugged them and tried to release this thing that I had uh, on me, which was the Lord Himself, the scarred body of the Lord that I was holding on to me. Everybody needs that. Uh, let me just say this: everybody has it. If you belong to the Lord, you have it already. You may not be aware of it, but He's holding on to you. You think you're holding on to God? You gonna let me just make it easy on you today? Can I make it easy? Just don't go to the so you don't have to go to the pit to find a doubt. Just trust this: He's holding on to you. He's holding on to you. In your best moment, He's holding. In your absolute lowest moment, you've got to. When you want to do something bad, when you want to say something bad, when you want to do think something bad, he's he's still holding on to you. And he's saying stuff like this: I can keep you from doing that. I can hold you from doing that. So I really want to. I want to encourage you. I hope this is helping you. But I think I'm mean, thinking I want to hug Angel one more time. But Angel's got this. I seen it. She's you know what I'm talking about, right, Angel? She found out the hard way. But I want to hug Angel again. I want to hug Angel. Because I saw this during worship earlier. I saw the Lord come to me. And his face was mangled beyond measure. And he was saying, Violet, do you really understand this? Do you understand me? I really love you. And I saw myself go into him. And him into me. It was weird. <laughs> but I saw myself Out of his scars, he carries those scars. So, and they're his. Like, this is for you. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know this is, and I carry these scars to remind you. And you will be reminded of eternity when you look at me. And you will come to love the scars. You will come to see the scars as beautiful instead of a hideous thing that we want to hide. I didn't know what the Lord was saying to me. Don't hide your face from the weakness. It was his scars. It was his scars. He didn't want me to hide from his scars. Because scars are ugly. And scars don't feel good. And he's saying to us, I'm going to heal you. But I want to leave that scar in you. Over what has happened. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to. But you're going to carry a scar. You're going to carry a scar. And this church will never be the same again. We will never be the same again. But we're going to carry something in us that's precious. And I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. And this is what the Lord told me, Angel, about that. After we prayed for him and he didn't come back. and uh, He said this to me. I said, well, I'm going to just, let me say this. The Father gave me permission to pray for Matt. Okay, I asked him. Everybody wants Matt to be raised from the dead. Do I have permission to pray for him? And I had a heavenly experience where I saw this glory and I heard the Father, not an audible voice, but I heard him say, it's, it's your job to pray for him. I most certainly want you to pray for him. So I went over there with great confidence to pray for that man to come back. But I didn't have great confidence that he was going to come back. 
okay, because the Lord didn't tell me that he wanted to come back. And I really believe this. I'll just throw this at you. This is my real simple theology. Matt, I don't think Matt came back because I don't think Matt wanted to come back. Okay? And we even asked the Lord to tell him, Lord, please tell Matt to come back. I don't think Matt came back because Matt really didn't want to come back. And that means, angel, this is what it means for you. It means there's a purpose of God. There's a plan for God for you. You know? If, if okay, I mean, I know that's hard. But God has a plan. God has a program. God's got, he's not like, okay, well, Matt's here in glory and all everything's wonderful. And there's a poor angel with three children. And there's, God is going to show himself to you. Okay, and I don't. I know you were saying I don't want that. I would be saying, "Ah, oh, forget that plan. Let's go back to the other plan." <laughs> I would say that. And that's okay. But that's how I look at it. And so I went away from that. I'm telling you, I went away from that feeling really feeling right with the Lord, feeling at peace. You know, with the whole thing that we did the right thing. We did the right thing. We did the right thing. Pray for his resurrection. We did the right thing to call out to God. We did the right thing. Okay. We didn't we didn't fail. We really didn't fail. Okay. Because we we all that's in the Father's hand. We leave that in his hands and and we just you know. So I want to I want to let this healing begin to flow in you. I think it's already began to flow, but I want the healing to flow. And every person in this room today, I want you to be healed. It may not be instant. I don't think it's going to be instant. And whatever God birthed, oh, I was going to tell you what the Lord told me. I'm sorry. I, was, I knew I was forgetting. I said, you got to tell me something about that, Lord. And I need a scripture on this. You know, I need you to just give me something. And he, he said, Samson killed more, people, more Philistines in his death than he did in his entire life. And the Lord is saying, and Matt is going to destroy more of the works of the devil in his death than he could if he lived to be a hundred years old. He, his death is going to break, is going to wreck the enemy's camp. Angel, I, the Lord told me that. Just like, I mean, Samson wiped the Philistines out in his death. And I want you to know that. I want you to know that. And I want y'all to know that. God is going to use this. But you and I have to let God use it. We have to make that choice. For uh, you know, on a personal level. And I'm making it, you know, our church, we're going to let God do this. We are going to let Him heal. We are going to let Him bring forth what He wants to bring forth through all of this. And we are going to see the redemptive power of God. And we may come to some understanding one day. We may not. But I have accepted it. I may not ever understand it. I may not ever. I'm good with that, Lord. If that's the case, it has to be. But we are going to see some powerful fruit come out of all this. And we are going to see Angel. And we're going to see Hannah. And we're going to see Naomi. And we are going to see Josiah. We are going to see redemption over their life. I'm telling you. We are going to see restoration. We are going to see God do some things. We are going to see it. We're going to see it with our eyes. We're going to hear it with our ears. And we're going to touch it with our hands. Now we are going to do that. Okay? And we are declaring that today. I'm, hey, 
If I ever could say this, I'm going to decree that over you. You will be restored. And all that you lost is going to be restored. You will not be robbed, angel. God has not had the last say in this. And God is going to redeem this for you. And angel, we all, and especially you, are going to look back and we are going to say this. We would never trade what God did in us through this. But we don't want to go back and do it again. And if we could have not done it, we would have not done it. But we will never give away because what God will do in this is going to be more precious than all the money in the world can ever buy. Now, I believe this. I believe this. And I can believe this because I've walked in some of this myself. And I have seen this. And I know some of you others have lost have lost in your life. In fact, who's had loss in their life? I'm Charlie I, and Lou Ann have. I know that Jimmy Kathy have. Who else has? I mean, right? listen, these people have lost. Come up here, please. Y'all come up to the front. These are people who have lost something, and they're saying today there's redemption in this. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is important. A lot of people have had some serious loss in their life. A lot of pain in their life. Uh, the rest of us, the rest of us not coming up, praise God that you don't have to come up. Okay? But the rest of you, we've experienced this loss of a brother and Matt Stewart. And and Marlon made a great observation. We, we we did the most horrible thing we could do is to go pray for our bread dead brother. We can go pray for anybody to be raised from the dead. We can go pray for anybody. If we could pray for him, we can pray for anybody. A lot of people out here. Okay? And I want you guys to let these people touch you with what they have. That they're carrying. They're carrying redemption in them. They're, they're, they are carrying that God did it. God has restored. So let's worship. Let's worship. And if you want to come up and have somebody just to touch you and love you and just release, help release the healing, Lord, just do that right now in this room. Heal. Heal everybody, Lord. You're the shepherd who heals. You're the shepherd who anoints us with oil. You're the shepherd who takes us to places and lays us down. You're the shepherd who brings us to those those quiet places, those green pastures. You're the shepherd who anoints us, Lord. Just begin to release that in this room from heaven. Just release the healing virtue of Christ, our shepherd, over every person. Let's begin to worship. If you want to come up here and uh, and be prayed for, and if you don't, you can turn around and worship. How you want to do this? But let's just do this.